Welcome to Pop Psych 101, where we, licensed therapist Ryan Engelstad and licensed psychologist Dr. Haley Roberts, break down and analyze how mental health is represented in movies, shows, books, and across the pop culture and social media landscape. We will determine what lines up with real life and what is just pop culture fantasy. This is Pop Psych 101. Welcome back to Pop Psych 101. I am licensed therapist Ryan Engelstad, and here with me, as always, is my co-host, Dr. Haley Roberts. Hello, hello. Hello, Haley. We are back with another Disney action series today. Yep. They recently concluded... Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you know, we, we covered WandaVision a couple of weeks ago and it was really fun. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, we, I knew this series was upcoming, but I didn't have any expectations for it to have any, you know, real deep mental health topics, uh-huh. but they really hit it right off the bat. And I was like, well, we have to, yeah. we must cover this. Absolutely. So. Yeah. No, it was, it was a good one. Well, I'm glad I'm glad that you like this one. So we're going to get into that in just a second. But first, you know, I, I thought we should check in a little bit. Um, and, you know, I well, I'll, I'll tell you why this question popped into my head today. But but let me mm-hmm. ask you first, mm-hmm. um, because I do feel like this is going to connect um, to the Falcon and Winter Soldier a little bit. So okay. my question for you is, Haley, do you have any it doesn't have to be a full-on phobia. It could be just, you know, specific fears or weird fears. I think we all are um, are, are impacted by fear in one way or another. So I'm curious yeah. if you are. Um, no, I have no fears at all. I'm not afraid of anything. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, well, okay. Well, good. Then I'll just talk about my... <laughs> um, so I actually, um, I giggle when you ask because I haven't, checked in about my feelings on it recently, but in college, I had this very specific, irrational, totally crazy um, fear of zombies. Like I was actually, and I knew they weren't real, but the idea that they, the idea of them freaked me out. Like in a Mm. way that I was like, why am I scared of this thing that is not real and i think there's something about like the possibility of it you know with like medical science or something like that that freaked oh, me out yeah. as opposed to like you know a vampire which is like just a magic so, so it's to be clear it's not like becoming a zombie it's like being attacked by them oh yeah no i don't think that i'm going to be a, a zombie okay. i'm well, concerned just, just by to be like sure. yeah zombie creatures like zombie Um, apocalypse yeah yeah and what's funny is i never watched the walking dead or any you know zombie well i think i might have right so like where did your awareness of zombies come from then i think it was that period of time where like everything was zombies you know around like 2011 (laughs) um yep and so i just i think i started thinking about like what zombies would be like in real life and it like legitimately freaked me out to a point where I'd be like, I just don't want to think about it. It's not real. Um, Mm. I don't know if I'm still freaked out about it as much as I was back then, but I remember someone being like, 
Well, most people are buried without pants on. So just know that all the zombies <laughs> would be completely bottomless. And that actually kind of, that's not I think better. that was the turning that point. Better? Oh man, I that's so funny. It, yeah, that was, I think that might've been the turning point. <laughs> Okay, well, well, remind me someday to tell you about my zombie book idea that I had that was probably okay. based around the same time, um, and it'll it'll completely like bore the zombie stuff out of you. Like, okay, that this is no longer an intimidating thing. Maybe um, you and I are okay, going to so write really funny. <laughs> a, a mental health book for kids about zombies. So that's not that far off from what my <laughs> idea was. That's so funny. So what's your um, fear? So, okay. So uh, let me preface this with, um, my amazing daughter, uh, is, uh, has been doing all sorts of different activities pre pandemic. And then mm -hmm. obviously pandemic, it's hard to find her, find stuff she could do, you know, outside or in, in at least yeah. big indoor spaces, right. Well ventilated spaces. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, we've been doing mostly outdoor stuff and it was like, Oh, you know, different playgrounds and climbing things she could climb on. So. We, it so happened that this, you know, huge, uh, like indoor sports complex recently opened. And since they're brand new, it's like not a lot of people were out there and they happen to have like a climbing gym section. Uh -huh. And I was like, I, I think my daughter might love this. So they had, you know, a five to 12 year old, you know, uh, introductory class thing on, on weekends. And it was like her and three or four other kids with a coach. Oh, cool. And this huge open space. So there was like hardly anybody there. It was like a perfect setup. Mm -hmm. And she is, turns out like this might be her thing. She is amazing yes. at rock climbing, basically. I love that. Um, and it's wild because she's five and she's like ambling her way up, you know, 25 oh, foot yeah. walls. Yep. Um, and it's, and it's crazy. So she gets through the six weeks of the classes. And then this past weekend, um, there was no class. They're like getting ready to restart the next class. Mm -hmm. So I said, Oh, I'll take you over there and, and maybe I can climb with you. Like, cause if there's no class going on, um, mm -hmm. you know, not really remembering that I have a thing with heights no. and it's like a very stereotypical, like fear, right? Oh, fear yeah. of heights. Like, you know, um, but it's not something that I've had to encounter for a long time. So you kind of forget that it's an issue. Um, so, you know, so I take her over on Sunday, we get all harnessed up and, you know, and I, I, she just like climbs right up without it. So I thought, okay, okay. And she's, she wants to race me. That's how like quick she is. Yeah. So I start going up and I immediately have this, I don't know if it's like a nausea or like an inner ear thing or just a stomach a pit in my stomach, but I'm struggling. Um, you know, once I get more than like 10 feet up oh, um, no. and all of these memories come rushing back. It's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, I when when, you know, I was a kid and you go to your school trips and we did Empire State Building and I've been yeah. to Paris and I did, uh, you know, and everybody's doing Eiffel Tower. You got to type Eiffel Tower and every single one of these things I had to like pretty much like glue myself to the whatever interior wall there was oh, to like feel no like secure um because and i would have nightmares 
mm-hmm. where I was in a tall building and I could feel it swaying back and forth. <gasps> oh, like no. that's how intense this like, and I don't like, maybe I have an inner ear thing. I don't know. There's something about these experiences that I can't really tolerate super well. Uh-huh. But I'm also very competitive. <laughs> so as soon as my my daughter starts like challenging me, so I, I ha- and you know I am fully harnessed up to these like auto belay systems. Yeah. So even if I fell off, I'm just gonna get like slowly, pretty gently, like lower down to the ground. <laughs> so I have to I have to get up there, but there's this one climbing apparatus that's essentially like. Um, it's they my daughter calls them the stairs but it's basically like these columns that are a couple feet apart and they just go up in a, oh, uh-huh. a circle and they go higher and higher and higher yeah. and the top one is like 25 feet up and it's this you know two foot by two foot square mm-hmm. and i'm telling you i i was up there and it felt like i was swaying and like it's either you climb back down or you jump off yeah <laughs> and i was really struggling What'd you do? Um, well, I, I, I gripped on to the, you know, the string, the string, the, the cord that was holding <laughs> me up by my, um, by my harness. Uh-huh. And I just kind of like slid off and closed <laughs> my eyes and, and I was okay. But man, I have a whole new appreciation for actually how good that she, how, how good she is at it. Because yeah. I, I'm very proud of you, Ryan. I could not do the things. Well, thank you. <laughs> Well, because I, you know, I also felt like if if I and she like, because she is also competitive, it's like, oh, I think you're a scaredy cat. It's like, oh, man, there are so many layers of things happening. (laughs) Yeah. And truthfully, like, the therapist therapist in me is like, what a cool experience for your daughter too. Yes, of course. Here is her dad who's not 100% confident and is still choosing to engage in this activity because it matters. Like what a cool thing for her to see. And then also she gets Yeah, I hope so. I hope that's what her takeaway was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so well, it's, it's just all this yeah. stuff came back. And oh, I do, funny. well, cause, because that's what happened for me is that I was uh, affected by fear, but also mm-hmm. uh, trying to act in response to it, right? In a way mm-hmm. that was not gonna be self-destructive. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, well, that's so I don't bravery, know, maybe this will come up right? again. Yeah. Bravery I guess so. I guess so. It's here. a certain kind of it. Yeah. yeah. That's right. So, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe this, this will come up again as we talk about the characters from this fascinating mm-hmm. miniseries. Um, so yeah, so thank you, um, for indulging <laughs> me and, um, let's that get into, uh, you. the Falcon <laughs> and the winter soldier. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> After this break. Hey everyone, Ryan here. No ad this week, but a quick request. We would love to know where you follow us. So if you wouldn't mind taking 10 seconds while you're listening to today's episode, reach out to us on your social media of choice. Say hi, say what's up, request an episode topic. We would love to hear from you. And now back to the episode. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier is an American television miniseries created by Malcolm Spellman for the streaming service Disney Plus based on the Marvel Comics characters Sam Wilson, the Falcon, and Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier. It is set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, sharing continuity with the films of the franchise. The events of the series take place after the film Avengers Endgame. 
The series was produced by Marvel Studios, with Spellman serving as head writer and Kari Skogland directing. So, Haley, as we were saying up front, I, w- I had zero expectations for this show mm-hmm. having anything to do with mental health. And then yeah. almost immediately we get a therapy scene. And I, was, yeah. I, I think I texted you as soon as I watched it because I was uh-huh. so excited about where this was headed. Yeah, you were like, in six weeks, we should do this. <laughs> like having no idea where the series was going to go but just based on the fact that this is they were setting up this very interesting relationship between Mm -hmm. uh sam and bucky uh, Mm um the falcon and the winter soldier and and the sort of various um conflicts that they were confronting right so initially we see uh bucky also known as the winter soldier uh in therapy uh on his own right and he has his little book that was given to him um, by the the previous Captain America, Steve Rogers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's essentially doing uh, making amends, right? Because as the Winter yeah. Soldier, he was not a good guy. He was an assassin, but he was mind controlled by some yeah. not great people. So mm-hmm. now he's trying to go through life as a as a good guy and, and make amends for the things that the Winter Soldier, this sort of other ego, alter ego, um, yes. have has committed, right? Mm-hmm. So what were your first impressions of the therapy scenes that we saw with Bucky and his therapist? Um, I think my, so firstly, I went into this show with like very little attachment to either of these characters. Sure. Um, of course. Because I think I have mentioned, I mentioned during WandaVision that the last thing I saw was civil war, like years mm-hmm. and years ago. Um, so I actually rewatched it. Um, before I started watching this, just to like remind myself who people were. Great. Um, and so at first I like didn't really have any thoughts about like Bucky. Um, except my very first note about him was, oh my gosh, he's so sad. <laughs> um, well, and, yeah, he, they show him waking up on the floor, right? Yeah, yeah. After his nightmare. Um, yeah. and also I can't remember what the point was where I had that thought. I think it might've actually been after the therapy, but the, my reaction, like the deepest part of my heart was like, he's just so sad. Like it is in every pore of his being. He's so sad. And so, um, I don't think I had quite gotten to that feeling about him during the therapy mm. scene. Um, sure. It was very clear that there was trauma and a wall built up. Like, that was very clear. Like, he's like, I didn't have any nightmares. And it's like, all right, everybody here knows you've been having nightmares. Um, And even his therapist said that to him. And that was kind of where most of my attention went, was the um, therapist and her kind of style. And at first, I was like, whoa, this is good therapy with an old school twist on it, um, because it was very direct. Um, Yep. But then there were moments where she was clearly like angry with him and frustrated with him. And it did not feel like she expressed her anger and frustration in a therapeutic way. And I was a little mm-hmm. bit like interested by that. And he even calls her out on it. And he's like, oh, the notes, that's real passive aggressive. And she's like, well, if you're not going to talk, then I'm going to write. Um, and yeah. I have had similar conversations with patients, but not in such a like snippy way, right? Like I've said, I've had patients who haven't wanted to talk. And so I've said like, 
hey, if you just want to take your time and sit with your thoughts, um, I'm going to sit here and either I'll like work on something or depending on whatever Mm -hmm. our agreement is. Um, And I like discuss it that way. Um, But the way that she like pulls up her notebook and pulls out her pen and is like furiously writing, I'm like, what is she doing? Um, yeah, yeah, so this this feels like a therapy trope, like the therapist actively taking notes in session mm-hmm. yeah. as a form of judgment or punishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it made me ask, do, do you take notes in session? No, never. Okay. Um, Neither do I. I. Have... Um, yeah. yeah, because it's an interesting, uh, it, it creates this thing that in my opinion that sort of takes you out of the emotional exchange mm-hmm. um and it 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 feels like it 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 professionalizes it right and and look and and maybe there's there's appropriate times for that um but it's also obviously this dynamic that remind me of work that i've done previously which is mandated work right uh-huh. working with people who are required to see you for one reason or another um which bucky so it's you know it's yes so bucky is is going into therapy not voluntarily because Mm -hmm. he's required to i guess as part of his recuperation i don't think he's on maybe he's on parole or some something to that effect um because you know he as the winter soldier did kill some people yeah (laughs) um Right. So I, I, we could, we could understand how as sort of a condition of his release, he's, you know, they're making sure that he's stable. It's, it's a reasonable thing. Um, but the way that the therapist really, you know, reinforces that specific dynamic, um, is tough and, and maybe it works for, for her and for him. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What, what's your sense of his, his sort of response to her style? Um, so to me, it doesn't feel like there's that rapport there, but that rapport is pretty hard right. to do in mandated therapy. However, yes, I, you've done mandated therapy. I've done mandated therapy. It's super possible if you do it well. Um, one thing that kind of popped into my head was at one point she said like, well, I was an excellent soldier. So mm. that clicked in me like, oh, okay. So she actually was also in the military in some form. And I was like, I wonder if that plays a role in the technique, right? A military um, background therapist with a military individual currently. And is that um, kind of um, very direct, very confrontational, very I'm this rank, you're that rank kind of relationship is that actually a functional one in this sense because of the environment? I mean, I can't speak to that because I have never been in the military. Um, right. So that made me wonder maybe, the, you know, is that what makes it work, even though it's very starkly different from what I would do because I don't like a power structure as much. I like kind of mm-hmm. we're in this together. Um yeah. Yeah. So that's a great point because, um, and I, I can't speak to that either. I've, I've also never been in the military. I have worked with, um, with veterans and, mm-hmm. you know, 
to know that they are uh, used to a certain, as you said, power structure mm-hmm. and, and, you know, to be able to have that conversation around what kind of uh, uh, relationship they are looking for in terms of, mm-hmm. especially if they're coming into therapy voluntarily versus Bucky. Yeah. I'm, I imagine if, if um, the therapist had a conversation with Bucky of like, you know, how can we work together effectively? You know, what kind of style or support are you looking for? Like if that conversation had happened, I imagine the dynamic might've been a little bit healthier. Although, you know, at the, as we see at the end the, the sort of uh, closing credits of the last episode, Bucky sends her a gift. Um, the gift yeah. is the book of his names all mm-hmm. checked off. I guess his yeah. way of saying like, I'm good now. Don't, you don't have yeah. to worry about me. I've made my amends. Um, so there's something to be said for maybe, you know, uh, emulating that that power dynamic can still be effective. Um, yeah. But I guess, you know, and, and you and I are discussing this as therapists, you know, we would want to see that conversation of like, hey, you know, we're, this is the beginning of our relationship. This is how this is going to work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because we kind of see them, you know, midstream of what their uh, dynamic has been like. And maybe they've kind of yeah. built to that relationship style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As you were saying that, you know, building to that relationship style, I was thinking how even the, what they talk about is he says, what are the rules again? And yes. I would never create rules for my, pa- I, I'll take back never. I don't believe I have ever created rules for my patients and I can't off the top of my head, see a situation where I would, um, mm-hmm. in terms of, what they need to do with their life, right? There's obviously rules around the structure of therapy and privacy and things like that. Um, yep. And I almost wonder if we think about Bucky, right? He has been through a lot of trauma. He essentially was in like what could be kind of like a cult, right? In our, oh um, yeah, in our environment, um, in that he was never allowed to think for himself and he was never allowed to ask questions. So as you were kind of sharing that, I was wondering, is she maybe playing the middle ground between Mm -hmm. him having no say in a structure, her maintaining some structure, but he gets to decide. And then finally he gets to move to the next step, which is um, he gets to structure and decide. Right, where he gets that the sense of autonomy. Yeah, because yeah. we see uh, throughout the first or second episode that he, I don't know if it's because he's out of the country, like something happens where he's basically uh, going to be uh, maybe taken back to jail. Um, and he's he sees the therapist and, you know, her, who we'll talk about, John Walker, essentially helps mm-hmm. him out, helps him get yeah. out. Um through talking to the therapist and, and sort of yeah. coordinating his release. Yeah. So yeah, there's it definitely a, a unique, yeah, there's definitely a unique um, dynamic going on here. And it's yeah. one that, you know, maybe it has worked for him. Um, although there is, yeah, there is this sort of um, semi-confrontational style. And look, and, and I think we've talked about this semi? before, like, Semi well, you know, very confrontational <laughs> on on the on the spectrum of non-confrontational to quite confrontational. I, I I guess I don't know how you know um where we would put her on a scale of one to ten, but yeah, 
um, but yeah, so so we, we as you said, as you were saying, we have Bucky, um, you know, obvious trauma, obvious grief, you know, especially him losing uh, his friend, the the previous mm-hmm. uh, Captain America, Steve Rogers. Um, you know, there's there's flashbacks and all sorts of things that Bucky's sleeping with, uh, dealing with. Mm-hmm. He's not sleeping. Um, so we know that there's many layers to what he is struggling with. And I think he is, um, and he kind of, you know, says this to, to Sam in one way or another, like he wants to be back in action. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, he wants to be involved in what Sam is doing, you know, whether that's sanctioned or not. Yeah. Yeah. He, and that's a very common thing, unfortunately with, with veterans is sort of like, that's where they're comfortable um so that's where they can kind of see themselves fitting the role that they see themselves in yeah and also it's i think he's so caught between being the winter soldier and being the new version of himself right um or the post winter soldier version of himself um, yes the white wolf yes <laughs> yeah um and wanting to um Uh, actually a great line that I'm just remembering now was um, Sam said to him, you're not making amends. You're not amending your avenging. Um, So that like desire to fight, right. I think is his desire to like make up for his past. And his Mm -hmm. line is, I feel like the winter soldier is still a part of me. Um, And that line is a line that I would spend weeks on in therapy um because Mm -hmm. i'd be like yeah the winter soldier is a part of you and will be for the rest of forever um which i kind of like that they left that as his name even though they always refer to they always refer to the winter soldier in past tense but that still remains Mm -hmm. his name in the title um i like that a lot yeah, and I think, and this is this is sort of one of the central themes of the show is sort of um, acceptance or embrace of uh, how you are seen versus mm-hmm. how other people want to see you versus how you want other people to see you. Um, it's it's fascinating. Um, yeah, and how you want to because see with with Bucky. Yeah, exactly. He is like actively trying to avoid this previous way that he is yeah. known. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least reinvent what meaning that carries for yeah. him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, and then that's you know the the connection point with Bucky and Sam Wilson. Um, you know, the Falcon who, en- mm-hmm. who eventually ends up being known as the Captain America. Yeah. Um, right, and very very excitedly is is now Captain America. Yeah. Um, is this that title change at like, the end made me so? Oh happy. my god, great. It was so fulfilling. Yeah. Right. But, but that's the sort of central struggle for Sam is, you know, does he want this, uh, this role? Does he want to take on, um, you know, everything that comes with the shield? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's fascinating to watch him, um, avoid that, that role and Mm -hmm. just try to kind of stay in his lane almost or whatever he wherever he is comfortable. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you, you see him interact with some of these other characters that have a relationship to that role of captain America, mm-hmm. whether that's Isaiah Bradley, obviously Bucky, um, uh, the, Just the um, general public. 
just the general public who has all these preconceptions about Captain America. Absolutely. Yeah. And even um, Carly, obviously, yes. who uh, is our one of our villains. Um, yeah. And of course, and, and excuse me. Um, and it's all of these different concepts of what that means to be that character to be that mm-hmm. hero right mm-hmm. um and we see that in the second therapy scene they they start to hash that out a little bit mm-hmm. um, bucky and sam do with the therapist and then we gotta get this little couples session yeah. moment which i which i loved <laughs> uh-huh. well, um she had him face she had him sit face to face um and it was just it was so great to watch because you know it felt like in a way they were it was a little bit tongue in cheek. Is it a little bit mm-hmm. making fun of this is a couple? This is couples counseling. Isn't this kind of, you know, cute and weird? But it was also very real because these two mm-hmm. men do really have uh, uh, not just a relationship, but tension between them yes. around that relationship that they are having a hard time resolving. Yeah, absolutely. And it's um, almost as though. If like if they were a couple, if they were like a third party getting in the way of the couple, um, and they certainly have that right because Steve is kind of the only Steve Rogers is the only thing that like ties them together. Um, and yeah, now she's like gone. the ghost of this relationship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and what I thought was really funny that was the first. I guess you don't see her very often, but in that moment, I was like, I think this therapist knows what she's doing because the way mm-hmm. that she like makes them get like as close as humanly possible to each other, and she yep. kind of plays dumb, like, like I don't know why you think this is strange, um, mm-hmm. is a really beautiful way of like, um, breaking their like kind of putting them in a position that's so uncomfortable that they have to deal with it, you know, rather than kind of like throwing jabs at each other. And they even try to deal with it by like having the staring contest. And she's like, you two quit it. <laughs> um, yes. And what I loved about the end of that scene was, um, I think it was Bucky goes, thanks for making it weird, doc. Um, yes. And I like clapped when that happened because that was an incredibly effective moment therapeutically like they communicated really well in that moment even though it didn't feel like they did right and and you know they they leave that session um angry let's just say aligned right (laughs) i'm even even if they are still um experiencing this tension you know does sam want to be captain america does he not if he doesn't why not why is he rejecting the sort of thing that was offered to him? Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they, I think, accept the value that the other gives them, right? You know, mm-hmm. Sam sees Bucky as, um, if nothing else, like an ally in his uh, attempts to resolve some of these conflicts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think in that session, it became very clear that both of them were struggling with the loss of Steve, right? So Bucky, it was, why did you give the shield away? That was Steve's. He gave it to you. That's special. And on the other side, Sam is, um, I couldn't keep the shield. It's not mine. It's Steve's, right? And it kind of is that thing of, like we talked about where, 
Bucky wants nothing more than to be able to be someone new. And Sam doesn't want to fill the shoes, right? He doesn't want to change. Um, he's kind of like, I'm the Falcon, happy being the Falcon, happy to stay here. And life is kind of trying to move him in the growth of Captain America. And he's like, no, don't mm-hmm. want to. Um, a fear, right? And then um, Bucky is afraid of who he was and he's worried that he won't change. Yeah, I mean, it really reminds me of of doing some really grief work. You know, if, um, yeah. let's say, siblings or a um, uh, two partners lose a, uh, a parent or a parent and an in-law and mm-hmm. this loss is experienced so differently by both parties, you know, especially mm-hmm. with like siblings, like if a parent passes away, you know, how the roles change in that family unit is such a complex process. And especially if it's not something, if it's not something that's been discussed ahead of time and it's just uh-huh. like now, okay, now you're the head of the family or now you're, you know, uh-huh. responsible for all these things that mom or dad did. And it's like, whoa, I didn't. I wasn't ready for that. I'm still not ready for that. What does that even mean? And it just, mm-hmm. it really hit home for me. The the kind of, you know, obviously we're talking about superhero mantles being passed on, but there are some very real corollaries for what families experience in loss here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I just thought that yeah. that was really well represented. Even if they weren't specifically going for that, I was really impressed by how that was really mm-hmm. layered well. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, people can go back and listen to our WandaVision episode to talk about like the grief of the Avengers. Um, yes. But each of them have to deal with it because people die and or disappear and then come back, which is grief of its own, which is spoken to in this um, series. Um, but yeah, that grief of two par- people experiencing the same loss but obviously the loss looks different and struggling to share the loss and also not wanting to share it because it's so different. We're understanding how the the partner can be experiencing the loss differently, right? Mm-hmm. Right. If especially with, with siblings and things like that, like, oh, I'm I'm crying about this every day. This is devastating to me, and I see you and and you don't care or you're this barely affects uh-huh. you right that anytime there's a difference in in grieving it can kind of a, a set up this this weird conflict where if there's not some sense of agreement on the impact of the loss mm-hmm. it can really create tension um mm-hmm. and it's 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 really it's a hard thing to resolve because yeah. you want to feel like you know, that the meaning of that event was shared. Yeah. And, and it's not always, or at least yeah. not always experienced the same way. Yeah. And recognizing that often it's not about the thing that they're fighting about, right? Like they are yes. technically fighting about this shield. Neither of them cares about the actual shield. They care about right. what it stands for, right? Yes, Absolutely. Yeah, and that and that kind of brings us really into Sam and and mm-hmm. the, the conflict that he's wrestling with, um, you know, especially as he learns about Isaiah Bradley and there being yes. all these other um, people who had been through some of this experience before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I loved his yeah. storyline in this. Um, <clears throat> I want to say, like, I 
fell head over heels in love with Bucky. But Sam's storyline in this, I think, was so powerful and meaningful in a multi-layered way, right? Both personally, his growth into who he is and what he stands for and how to take that place in a culture that doesn't really want him to take it, right? That's where that Isaiah piece comes in, where the race piece comes in. Like he goes into the bank with his sister and the guy's like, dude, I love you. Oh my God. And Sam is like, Avenger. Yeah. Yeah. Like, great. Can you use some of that goodwill to help me save my family's business? And the dude is like, nah. Um, and that happens. Well, can far I get an autograph, commonly. basically? Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. obviously that happens for lots of people. It happens more commonly with um, people of color. They get denied yes. for bank loans far more frequently, and then their businesses fail more quickly. And then that is used as proof as to why they shouldn't be allowed bank loans. Even when you're an Avenger. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's and and they establish these really clear um, racial disparities, even, mm-hmm. you know, um, Sam being essentially confronted and, and out profiled by the cops. Like he's yep. just having a conversation on the street um, yep. near Isaiah Bradley's house. And it's mm-hmm. and it's, hey, is this guy giving you a problem? Yeah. And it's and I mean, look, it's it's hard to ignore what's happening in the country and some of the mm-hmm. uh, parallels that obviously the show is trying to draw attention to. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. you know, you see Sam experiencing these things, you're not getting a bank loan, being confronted by the police until they find out he's a celebrity. And now it's like, oh, oh my gosh, you know, sorry, Mr. Wilson, of course, you know, we'll we'll, we'll leave you alone. Mm-hmm. Um, he's lucky. And it's like only... Right. Only in that celebrity um, is he getting any close to the the sort of treatment that he just wants to be himself. Right. And also what is um, very poignant in that moment that was kind of swept under the rug was the cop that was confronting him didn't know. The only reason right. that cop yeah. kind of backed oh, off yeah. was because his partner was like, dude, that's the Falcon. Um, you and, know who this guy is. right? Yeah. Most people don't get that lucky um and even if you take into account like he's in a predominantly black neighborhood at the time so technically Mm -hmm. bucky is the one that's not where he's supposed to be um if you look at it that way but even in that realm bucky's given the benefit of the doubt because he's white and um sam simply because he is sam and he is a black man is yeah is this guy bothering you is the question Yes. Yeah. 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 So I think they would do a really good job sort of emphasizing the internal struggle that Sam is experiencing in the real world. Like this is not just an internal thing for him. This is a very real thing for him on a, you know, interpersonal daily basis in many ways. So really well done. Yeah. I think a struggle for him too, is that he is afforded a lot of privilege because of who he is. Um, Of course. And people like Isaiah and his sister are like, dude, no, this is not how it works. And he's like, sure, it'll work this way. And then he's confronted with it not working. Um, And so having to balance the fact that he is a black man and he has privilege that a lot of other people of color don't have um, and trying to find where he fits within that and within that wanting to change it himself, right? Yeah. Beautifully done. Yeah, and... And that sort of wanting to change um, 
notion. Like Sam is a very empathetic person. Um, He really tries to connect with people and his his first instinct is not always to like get in there and and fight. Um, Mm -hmm. And you really see this repeatedly with Carly, Uh, Carly Mm -hmm. Morgenthau, head of the Flag Smashers. Um, And I think there there were some complaints about Carly uh, and the Flag Smashers as, as far as like, that group being a well-developed character we can talk about carly a little bit but but really for for sam you know he wants to talk to the villain (laughs) he wants to engage with her he wants to because i think he understands that she's angry and i think something that this show does a very good job of is making you know quote-unquote villains who have you know their their purposes their their reasons for for fighting and for um causing trouble are empathetic ones ones that the audience can understand and one that sam understands yeah i think it kind of comes down to the quote that he says during his big speech at the end um where he says these labels right um terrorists things like that are covering up the question of why um and i think the why is important, right? Understanding where somebody is coming from is important. And if it's a systemic thing, like let's change it, right? And that being said, the why is not an excuse for violence and acting upon it. However, I think it does speak to the question of when do good intentions turn bad? And that's totally Mm -hmm. what it felt like happened with Carly. Absolutely. Because you, you hear them talking about what their sort of complaints are, what their, what their mission is. And it's Mm kind of easy to be like, oh, you guys just want uh, sort of equality and, and people who have been, you know, resettled as a result of the blip to, to have a sense of freedom. Like, yeah, I totally get that. But then you see what they're doing to sort of enact that change. It's like, ah, well, okay. Um, and that's that's where I think Sam comes in is like not this way, not like this. Yeah. Well, and, and, and repeatedly he tries to engage with her, you know, emotionally and intellectually on on trying to not put her in a position that which she ultimately ends up in, which is you know shot and and we don't know if she dies, but at least in a you know a gurney and getting into an ambulance. Mm-hmm. He said that not she good died, shape, but we right? We don't know for sure. Yeah. Okay, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I where I struggle with it, I don't see her as a villain and I know that she technically is, but I don't see her as a villain. Um to me John Walker was the villain through and through, but um mm. Carly is Have you ever worked with children who are having like emotional outbursts and then they're in your office and you're like I don't understand why this kid is having these emotional outbursts. And then it becomes clear like, oh, they live in a world where they have to scream to be heard. Absolutely. Um, That's how Carly feels to me, which is Mm -hmm. he kind of says a little bit like this is the only language they speak. They were being nonviolent, right? They were being true. They were standing up. They were having protests. They were organizing change, but they didn't have power. Right. And Mm -hmm. nobody was on their side giving them power. Eventually, the new Captain America, Mr. Sam Wilson, 
gives power to their cause. It might be too late, but um, so she kind of, her brain went to, I don't know what else to do. I have to get them to pay attention. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately that yeah. violence. Well, right. And she's, she's looking for a voice. She's looking to be heard. And, and as she even says in that sort of those, those last moments, like we've, you know, even in death, right. They can hear us. She says something to that effect of like, yeah. we've built up enough um, support that people like people are behind us. And it's, it's, sad that it had to then kind of go to that next level of yes. you know kidnapping and and threatening and all these sorts of things because blowing things she's up. right right well she's right that that yes people have heard her and have supported their cause and i think mm -hmm. you know when when you see you know the real world um sort of examples of this of mm -hmm. um you know protests and, and things of this nature where people are trying to confront systemic issues Mm -hmm. and how people who do not agree with that confrontational style respond to it. And then this creates the conflict of, well, you know, sure, I agree with your, your complaints, but you shouldn't be complaining this way. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, well, and then, then how, that's how we have, you know, superheroes fighting super soldiers over mm -hmm. issues that, as Sam Wilson says in the end, like this person that runs a bank could just, probably solve the problem with the, the you know, writing of a, a signature. Yeah. So we're dealing with really big problems that affect, you know, lots of, of individuals in a, a variety of complex ways. Yeah. And I think that... And then we another... as therapists are, are left to deal with those individuals. And, and sometimes that can be really um, complex also. Yes. And disheartening for us because we don't have the power to enact the change there either, right? In some ways, right? We obviously right. can support them and and do our own um, social, social work on the side, right? Of course. Um, mm -hmm. But I think what um, Sam said in that speech about like people making the plans and making the rules, you know, it's just a bunch of all the same people in a room together yes. making rules for others and how can you make plans or rules for people who are not present in making those plans and rules and i think that's huge yep yeah and i yeah. mean i i can't understand what it's like to be a person of color because i'm not one um but i have had experiences where um, I've had opportunities to see myself in various ways, like represented um, through like my own therapist or through TV or things like that. And the effect that that has when it's done poorly and the effect that it has when it feels meaningful is huge. Um, and that's why representation matters in all fields um, and in media and in government. Um, that's where change happens. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that's one of the reasons I really liked this series was, you know, they start off the first episode, really the first scene is like this crazy action scene where mm -hmm. Falcon is whipping through the sky and, and killing terrorists, right? As far as we can tell. Um, and, and it sort of sets you up thinking like, oh, okay, like this is going to be just a, you know, pretty standard action uh, series. And then, mm -hmm. 
as you go through the series, the confrontations with the quote unquote bad guys are increasingly on a very emotional level, you know, until John Walker busts in or until, you know, like something else sort of interrupts, you know, the, the, the potentially really valuable conversation that is being had. Um, And that was really refreshing to me because I was like, oh, wow, you know, maybe, you know, and, and similar to WandaVision, maybe superhero stories can tell bigger picture you know can tell bigger stories can tell more valuable stories um so i was that was kind of nice um even if it it felt a little bit empty at times like because the the flag smashers you know they just felt like we wanted to know more about them i think was my sense of them and i don't know if i don't know if you know this apparently uh one of the sort of uh, story plot lines with the Flag Smashers was supposed to be around a pandemic. And um, they had to obviously, well, they made the decision to to change that and cut a lot of the scenes that they had with them because they didn't want a story about a pandemic during a real-life pandemic happening. Right. Was um, that the whole so, TV twist? Like yes. Of, yeah, yes. Okay. And they and there is this one scene where they say, oh, they're they're taking vaccines or they're capturing vaccines. And the and yeah. you kind of you hear it and you're like, oh, well, what what's going on with the vaccines? And they kind of don't really address it. Yeah. Um and and it's this, it's this is why, is because they had this whole whole plot line about, mm-hmm. you know, how there's this this thing was going on. So when yeah. we lose that, we lose a little bit more of a sense of who these people are and what they're trying to do. Yeah. Um and that's why I think the 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 scenes where Sam Wilson is trying to connect with Carly and and you know help her understand that he gets where she's coming from that she mm-hmm. doesn't have to you know fight in the way that she is yeah. um, is really powerful and it's it's refreshing to see a you know what is essentially a superhero action movie kind of address real world conflict that way. Yeah, and she wants it so badly, right? Like she. Oh um, yeah calls his sister to connect with him and then she throws yeah. in her, like threat at the end because she's learned that's how she gets her message across but i don't think she really meant it um right it's and it's hardly necessary i mean as yeah. soon as someone knows you can you can access their family like that you don't the threat's sort of superfluous right yeah yeah I yeah so we have carly and her. then oh yeah no good i just said i don't hate her at all i well, right, and she's a, she's a, a compelling character of yeah. like you kind of even if you don't really understand what exactly is going on for her, mm-hmm. it's it's interesting. You're 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 kind of on board, you know, and yeah. and even if you're not rooting for her, you're you want you don't want her to die. You don't mm-hmm. want like it's it it is. It's very interesting to have a, a villain, quote unquote villain, like set up like that. So yeah. Um, but I think as your the point that you made the the maybe or probably the true yeah. villain uh, of this is uh, one John Walker. Yes. Um, who we meet as just a sort of like, you know, well decorated soldier more or less, mm-hmm. and he has been chosen um, by the military more or less to take on the mantle of Captain America. Yeah, he is everything the- wrong with. <laughs> the race discussion <laughs> yep yep <sighs> privilege um sort of uh privilege you know, more privilege <laughs> entitlement yeah absolutely yeah oh he's awful and he's just got such creepy vibes to him too um 
and well acted. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because he is even even when you meet him for the first time, you're like, I don't. There's something about I don't like about this guy. I haven't yeah. seen him do anything bad yet, but there's something off. When he just stands up during the media announcement, I'm like, oh no, I don't like him at all. Um, I think it was that sense of entitlement, right? Like he stands there like, yup, this is the role for me. And it wasn't his role, right? Like it's, or Steve created that position because of who he was. And now John Walker jumps into it wanting the same kind of prestige, but not having earned it. Yeah, and there was this theme, especially with this sort of super soldier serum of, you know, would you take it given the opportunity? And then obviously Mm -hmm. John Walker does get an opportunity as then does take it most Mm -hmm. likely because he, you know, is unable to be very effective without it. Uh, He Mm -hmm. loses his friend and partner. Um, You know, he's not able to, to really be very successful even as quote unquote Captain America against these various bad guys. Um, Mm -hmm. So he has the entitlement, he has the privilege, but he has none of the, uh, the wins. He has none of the effectiveness that Captain America is known for. Yeah. Well, and then he blames, he blames that on everyone else. So there's a line, I don't remember exactly where it came from, but it, I wrote it down in my notes, which was, he says, why are you making me do this? Um, yes. I think it's when he's fighting Carly at some point. Um, and my thing was like, no, like nobody asked you to hurt anyone. Like you chose that because you were angry that you weren't, you're, you're throwing a tantrum. You were throwing a very violent tantrum is what he was doing. Yes. Ugh. Yeah. And, and, and he, you know, literally, smears the the name of captain america in in his actions right um yes yeah and it's it's hard to watch uh with some of that that privilege that comes out and then obviously once he is then a super soldier he's sort of even more imbued with now he actually does have the the power to um uh, live out some of these violent fantasies he probably has yeah of what he's Absolutely. supposed to be able to do as Captain America. Yeah. And then we really see the sort of danger, um, you know, of that privilege. You know, it's yeah. it's one thing just to kind of have the name and the shield. It's another thing to have the sort of muscle behind it. Yeah. And the so John Walker. Muscle. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Right. Because you, you have the support of the U.S. government, right? You're, you're, yeah. you're Captain America that comes with uh, a lot of other benefits. Yeah, and like Isaiah said, so like, and we see, the yeah, blonde hair, blue eyes. Yes, exactly right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. and so it's it's hard to watch that, and he is a great villain. And then we see him. I don't know. It, it felt like they were kind of trying to redeem him at the end. Yeah. Um, you know, he fights with Sam and Bucky against the Flag Smashers, and you know he's got a kind of knockoff shield that gets all beat up and Ugh. it's like okay is he maybe he's not that bad because i was sure you know when he meets um i think it's it veronica um that she was just going to turn him into some kind of weird villain but i guess maybe she's just kind of using him for some other secret future nefariousness i don't know it's it's very it's yeah. suspicious 
Yeah. Right. So yeah. I, um, I don't think he's redeemable, but <laughs> um, I think they were kind of hinting that he, by giving him his wife, right, his high school sweetheart. Um, yes. They gave him the ability to be likable, right? And those are kind of the, sure. the when he hugs her at the end, like I'm going to be an agent or whatever. That's kind of the. And he's only doing moment. this little fist pump, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like the only moment that I felt somewhat sorry for him. Um, but even mm. when he was like saving the like the van, I was like, is he doing this because people are watching, or is he doing this because he wants to do it? I couldn't tell. Well, right, but so it's funny that you said sorry for him because I do think that this is the theme that the show is playing with is like, do we feel sorry for Carly? Do we feel sorry for for John Walker that he's mm-hmm. burdened with this role, this this no. thing that he's supposed to be able to do now? Um, and and I, I'm with you, no, for the most <laughs> part, but there are these sort of little cracks of, um, oh, maybe maybe this is more than someone is supposed to take on. And maybe he didn't quite ask for this. Um, because I think there is something to be said for the burden of, of expectations. Um, mm-hmm. You know, kind of like we were talking about with, with grief and loss of, you know, if, if a, let's say, uh, parent passes mm-hmm. um, and that those, those expectations, those roles pass on to someone who is, mm-hmm let's say uninterested or, or for whatever reasons in, incapable of, of taking on those roles and those responsibilities, that is a weight. Yeah. That is a weight yeah. to carry around. The only thing that I think here is um, Sam and Carly, the responsibility gets thrust upon them. Sam has the ability to kind of say no to it. Carly doesn't really, right? Like, she, her family and her loved ones in her community need taken care of. And she's like, somebody has to do something. I wanted to be a teacher, but mm, maybe yeah. it's, maybe I like someone has to do something. And I guess that person's me with, um, John. Oh, he loved that he was chosen for that position. And he That's true. wanted That's true. that position and he wanted them to call him Captain America. And he like, made his own stupid badge or shield when it got taken from him. So I think there's yeah. a difference between, you know, like you said, someone's parent passing and then them having to take on the responsibility because it's kind of the only choice. Now there's always multiple choices, but sometimes there's kind of only one choice versus um, what happened with John, which was like, he wanted it and he wanted it to look a very specific way. And then he was upset when it didn't. And it escalated from there. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, we see the conflict even as he wants it of, of sort of not yeah. being sure, you know, before he goes out to the big celebration. Um, and, and that being not sure, you know, he kind of bore itself out. You weren't, you weren't the right person or you weren't ready for this. Um, yeah. Because I think they and they flash back. I don't know if they do this in the show, but you know, in, in everything you know that I've I've read and watched about the show, it's this sort of flashback to when um, Steve Rogers was Captain America, and he's mm-hmm. sort of you know talking to one of the doctors, and it's like you know, what if I'm not strong enough, or what if I'm not good enough? And it's like mm-hmm. you know, they they're essentially telling him, um, you know, it's not enough to be a good soldier, which is essentially what. Uh, John Walker is. He's a good yes, soldier. Great soldier. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you have to be a good man 
um, mm-hmm. a good person, right? Yeah. Because, and they, they sort of say this when they're talking about the super soldier yeah. serum is that, you know, if it makes you just more of yourself, Lamar yep. says, right? Mm-hmm. As they're talking about the hypothetical opportunity to, to take it. And Lamar is sort of like, yeah, of course I would take it. Um, it just makes you more of yourself. Why would that be a bad thing? Mm-hmm. And we find out exactly why that's a bad thing. Yep. <laughs> Because maybe maybe that version of yourself that it makes you more of is not the the version that uh, is going to be good. Yeah. The only moment yeah. where I, and if I haven't made it clear enough, I do not like John Walker. <laughs> That's okay. Um, it's clear. <laughs> the only moment where I was like, all right, this guy's got a point in his column, and it's the only point he got from me, was he said, so Lamar was like, clearly you're good. Like, you've gotten all these awards during um your time in the military so obviously you make really good meaningful decisions and um john says something along the lines of the things you get medals for are not the things that this role needs um and i thought that was a really meaningful thing because being a soldier and being a man you know being a good soldier mm, and being a yeah. good man are not always aligned. Absolutely. They can be as Sam as Captain America and Steve as Captain America show us, but they're not always mm-hmm. the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And and to be clear, I'm not defending John Walker. I think no, I, know I think you're the not. thing that yeah. <laughs> no, I I I I think you know, much like Carly, I think there are things about the experience of the character that is sort of identifiable as like, oh, I see what's happening to this person. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I condone how they responded or reacted to those things, right? Yeah. Um, For me, Carly... Yeah, but all that being said, yeah. yeah. Carly felt like desperation to be heard, and mm-hmm. John felt like drunk on his own power. For sure. And, and that's why, you know, the way it played out was ultimately so fulfilling is because Sam and, and again, in his big speech, big speech, he's not someone that has superpowers. He doesn't have, didn't take the super soldier serum. Um, He's just a person that thinks things can be better. Um, And what a a lovely note to kind of end a a superhero series on, right? Is it's not actually about super people. It's not about super soldiers. It's about if there are problems that people want to solve, that there are probably better ways to solve those problems than the way we're solving them. Absolutely. And, you know, hoping for a better future than the past. Yeah. And, and hopefully we, we do get to see uh, more of Sam Wilson as Captain America. Yeah. I did see somewhere that they did announce a a fourth Captain America movie. So I hope that that we get to see Sam Wilson as Captain America. That'd be really cool. Yeah. I love that. Um, I kind of want to do a side note because I think it's important. Um, this concept of medical testing uh, done on Isaiah. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, that's not <clears throat> a fictional storyline. Um, black nope. communities were used for medical testing. Um, a lot of the vaccines that we have today are th- um, thanks to the, um, the the cells of black people of color, particularly um, Henrietta Lacks. There's a book um, called The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. I suggest you look into it. And a documentary. Um, yeah, it's great. Yeah. And these cells were stolen. Um, they were yes. um, 
people of color were injected with disease and tested upon like Isaiah was speaking about. Um, so I am sure people were kind of like, oh my God, he was tested on. This is such a horrible storyline. It's not a storyline, it's history. Um, and I think that's important for us to um, put out there because uh, it's real and we need a better future than we have had in the past. Yeah. And, you know, the way that they, I guess, sort of tried to tie that up or at least acknowledge it with Sam um, bringing Isaiah back into that museum that we first see Sam in in the first episode of, you know, here, like people are going to remember you. People are going to know your story. Mm -hmm. Um, Recognition. I mean, yes, absolutely. And 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 valuing his contributions, you know, whether they were appreciated at the time or obviously in, in Isaiah's case, like very much not appreciated at the time. Yeah. Well, appreciated um, or, or I mean their contributions, whether they were chosen or forced upon them as well. Sure. And especially when in Isaiah's case, you know, he uh, wanted to help, right? There was the story mm-hmm. of him trying to go in and saving soldiers' lives. And he, I think he took on Captain America's colors, essentially, and then mm-hmm. was was jailed for that. Um, so yeah, you really, Mm -hmm. you hear these stories and, and they are based in reality. Like these are things that have really been done to, uh, you know, to the African-American community in particular, but absolutely to people of color in general. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so again, you know, and it's a Disney-fied, is it a Disney-fied version of it? A little bit, you know, they kind of try to try to put a little nice little bow on, Mm -hmm. um, you know, some really hard topics. Um, and I think we just hope that these, these topics continue to be handled with care, um, and 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 not oversimplified. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Disney-fied, I think could also be a synonym for a little bit whitewashed, but that's okay. As long as this, well, it's not okay, but as long as people recognize that these stories are real, um, I, I think that's important. Right, because you have to start somewhere. And I yeah. think, you know, if if this is what we can get to as a way to start these conversations and acknowledge the reality of what's happened to people, then yeah. we can we can build on that. So I think, yeah. you know, because one of the one of the criticisms I saw of the Falcon as a character in general is that and and maybe this up to the last episode of this series, is that he actually loses a lot of the fights that he's been in. Um, funny. You know, there's not a lot of triumphant Falcon fights. Um, so it's this frustration with that. him as a character. Obviously, up up to this point, that he's been, you know, he's been Captain America's sidekick. Um, and and you don't get to see a lot of the heroic moments that Steve Rogers as Captain America has been allowed yeah. to have. Uh-huh. So the hope now being with this last episode that Sam Wilson as Captain America gets the heroic moments and gets the the victory speech and and all this sorts Uh of stuff. And you hope that 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 notion is continued. What I kind of love about that is that showing you don't have to win the actual fights, the physical fights in order to be Captain America, in order to be this character of change. I love that. 
Yeah, because he, you know, it fights much differently than than most quote unquote superheroes. You know, he yeah. wants to uh, to connect. He wanted to talk, and I think he was, yeah. and I think even Carly would have admitted that that she was having a really good conversation with him and trying to yeah. kind of get to the root of the problem before John Walker burst himself <laughs> in and you know started trying to solve the problems his way. Yeah, with his fists, that dummy. <laughs> with his fists and his yeah and his stolen shield. So. Yeah, so we'll we'll we're very curious to see where these stories go, and and I'm hopeful that Disney starts to or continues, let's say, continues to, um, you know, portray these very real important issues in uh, ways that people can learn from and understand, um, whether that's you know mental health, mm-hmm. um, you know the the real world uh, racial implications that are happening. Um, Social implications, and you know, and the, and exactly social implications as well. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. All right, so Haley, maybe we should do some reviews. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm trying to remember. Well, I guess this will be out of order because we're releasing this as soon as possible. Uh-huh. Um, so why don't you review it on entertainment value? Okay, so. I'm glad that I got this one. Um, so on a scale from one to five red wings, is that the name of his little droid? Drone? His little his little autonomous. Yes, yeah. yes, red wing. The red, the red wings, right? Ugh, which is also a hockey team, but that's a different story. Yep. Um, <laughs> so on one to five, I give it a four and a half. <laughs> um, I... <laughs> did not expect to enjoy it. I just expected to kind of walk away being like, that was fine. I loved it. Um, It loses 0.5 because I don't care for all the fighting. Like I Mm, usually just end up like on Instagram or Facebook during the fight scenes. Um, But the storylines of the characters, I loved I felt really invested in the the growth of Sam as a character and um, yeah. the development of Bucky through his grief. I loved, um, I had zero attachment to any of the characters prior to the show and I felt a ton mm-hmm. of attachment to them at the end of the show. Um, and I was surprised by that because I didn't have that kind of reaction to WandaVision even though I enjoyed WandaVision I kind of left there being like well that was nice I left (laughs) when the the title at the end changed from the Falcon and the Winter Soldier to Captain America and the Winter Soldier I had so much joy in my soul and I think it's because I felt entertained by the storyline and that's why it gets a four and a half out of five Red Wings for me I love it. Well, uh, let's see. On a scale of um, five uh, Baron Zemo's dancing electronic to electronica music, um, because he's a character I just feel like we had to acknowledge, even though he's just sort of like a weird, manipulative, Machiavellian, you know, behind the scenes type villain. villain. (laughs) Uh, I just had to give him a shout out because I think he's a a fantastic character and wrinkle to that story. you know, in terms of the accuracy of uh, sort of the mental health uh, issues, since that what we, what we focus mostly on today, um, 
I'm going to give it a four. Um, I, I really liked the way the therapy was introduced and handled and um, Bucky making amends, I thought was a really surprising, but, but also emotional mm-hmm. uh, uh, display. And, and I think us being able to incorporate therapy and mental health themes into even superhero stories is something I'm really excited about. Um, yeah. So, it, you know, if I took points off, I think it's just because, you know, we're sort of reacting to the, and I guess, you know, to be fair, there are confrontational therapists like that out there. And especially in the world of mandated therapy, like a certain amount of confrontation is sometimes necessary. Yeah. Um, yeah and, and it works. And he, he got through his list. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, but at the end of the day, this is still a, a superhero fantasy story. So it's, it's hard to, to completely base it in reality. So, yeah. um, so those are our ratings for today. Haley, we have some exciting episodes uh, coming out soon. Yeah. Um, among them, some of them we recorded already. Uh, Memento, uh, The Undoing uh, uh, from HBO, and as well as we are soon to record The Weight of Gold um, mm-hmm. with our special guest. Yeah. Which um, we're very excited about. Yeah, we will um, introduce um, Shane, um, our guest. Um, he is a sports psychologist, um, as well as a, he also has a doctorate in clinical psychology. Um, so we'll get his opinion on, um, kind of the sports psychology side of that documentary. Very much looking forward to that. So, so great. So check out all of those things, um, coming up, uh, so you can be ready to listen to the episodes as they are released. And uh, Haley, thank you as always for these fascinating conversations. And listeners, uh, you know, please subscribe and and uh, give us a rating if you don't mind. And we'd love to hear from you on social media. Yeah, follow us on um, at PopPsych101 on Instagram and Twitter. And with that, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>